Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adam. Hey, John. How's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm, uh, I'm here. It is yeah. Advent, my friend. It is. <laughs> it is Advent. In November. It was very bizarre, but yeah. Yeah, right. Well, we're actually a week late, too, because we didn't, you know, last week we talked, obviously, about our friend Bill Platten right. and uh, his passing, and so that would have normally been a an, an Advent show for us, but... Hey, we're we're coming a week late, but Advent is uh, what four weeks long, five weeks long, something like that. It four is. weeks, I guess. So um, we're right here in the middle of it. But you know, I, I'm excited to talk. You know, today about the things that we're going to talk about. You know, there's actually a patron that wrote in and asked us to speak about something. I always love those shows because uh, it gives us a chance to really you know honor the the fans and the people that mm-hmm. are actually uh, supporting us. You know, in this in this endeavor and in this ministry. So it's, I'm always pumped up for that. But first I want to bring everybody's attention back to Exodus 90 and remind everybody, I can't believe it, but it's, you know, tomorrow will be a little over, I guess it'll be a month and four days or something like that away from when we're going to start. So drink all your alcohol and take all your hot showers now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we are drawing closer and closer to it. Uh, and I can find, I can feel the excitement in myself mm-hmm. uh, building, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to this time of kind of shutting off the TV and, and uh, getting the Bible back out, and and just in and and really reading some books that I wanted to catch up on, and and putting into place some of these spiritual practices that that we're going to learn and, and really uh, hone while we're we're going through Exodus ninety. Uh, in fact, Father Gallagher, our pastor today, asked me about it and said that he wants to suggest it to the parish, so we could have even more people jumping yeah. in, which is going to be great. So, but that starts on January the fourth. Um, you can join our wait list at xs90.com slash John Edwards. Uh, we've got a, a, quite a bunch of guys on there, quite a few guys on there right now. Uh, and I've actually had some people texting me in the last few days to to get the address for the list. So it's a growing list. Victor and I can't wait for you guys to join us. And I know I'm excited about it. I'm sure you are too, Victor. That's sort man, of your man. thing. The I got books already stacked up ready to, there you go. to devour. <laughs> You're going to be dressing like Obi-Wan and walking around the house. Huh? Well, that would be cool. <laughs> I know, but I know Christy probably not too. That's like, right. What are you doing? You, you can just look at her and go, right. you don't see what you see, right? That's the right. Jedi mind trick thing. Right. You'll let me read for an hour. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> but no, it's going to be an enjoyable time, and, and it's going to be a powerful Lent, I think, for everybody mm-hmm. that chooses to do it. So don't be afraid. Jump in there and join the list. Cold showers and all those things, no big deal. We can all do it together and go through it and, and become the men that God's calling us to be or grow closer to that anyway. I also want to say you know, thank you for those that donated for Giving Tuesday. Um, you know, we, we were able to get a lot of patrons on board, uh, and we're still doing that. Don't let, you know, the fact that giving Tuesday is over with stop you. Um, there's still an opportunity to, to become a patron at any time, at any level, anywhere from five bucks up to $250 a month. And, you know, you get access to all the extra content. We've got a lot of interviews coming up where there'll be some extra segments that are only for patrons. Yeah, you get some awesome people lined up. Yeah. I'm, uh, tomorrow I'm going on Matt Frad's show, Pints mm-hmm. with Aquinas. I'm going on his. So you guys look for that in a couple of weeks. But then I'm also interviewing John Leonetti for our show. Um, and then I've, I've got Dr. Bob Schutz from the healing, uh, JP2 Healing Center. We're going to be talking about healing from addictions and other uh, afflictions in our life, other things that we deal with. I've got, um, let's see who else, Jason Everett's coming up. I had to reschedule his, but he's coming up. Pete Burak, Father Larry Richards, several others 
that we're going to start getting these interviews on. So you don't want to miss the extra stuff because that's really where we kind of get to cut up and have a good time with with the guest in that in that patron exclusive too beyond the main interview. So you know, like I said, you become a patron, you get access to the extra content, the weekly deeper dives into the episodes. You know, there's only so much you can get to in 27 minutes. And then you'll also get some great merchandise along the way. So you can sign up to be a patron at justaguyinthepew.com or you can go to patron.com slash pewministries uh, and you can help us out there. And if you have a company that's looking for some sort of year-end donations, you're, you've, you've had a good year, you're trying to you know, donate to offset some of the, you know, for the tax purposes, then you, know, you can do that too. And you could do a lump sum if you want at donorbox.org slash pew. So for all you people that might own your own companies out there and, and are looking for some way to donate and give back, before the end of the year, we'd be glad to, to accept that here, and it will help us. You, I can guarantee you that money will go towards bringing people to a better and closer relationship with Jesus Christ. So thank you for that. Now, on to the show. So like I said, we had a patron that wrote in, and I love this, and asked for us to speak about a certain topic, and it was about hope. Um, he just said that sometimes he struggles with it himself, and with the self-reliance and relying on himself for control, and then that leads to a, a lesser trust in God. And and he just believed that himself and, and possibly other men, right? We're not the only ones that struggle with things. There's always other people that struggle with what we struggle with. Um, you know, struggle with the fact of understanding how hope plays into faith and, and, the, and the impact it has on it. And, you know, here we are in the start of Advent. It's the season of hope. You know, Christ is coming. We celebrate that and the hope that his coming and taking on flesh brings for us, uh, you know, as we march towards uh, Lent and, and Calvary after that. And, and, um, and just the sacrifice he's going to make and the hope that it brings us to be reconciled with the Father and to spend mm-hmm. eternity with him. So, you know, I wanted to start there, just talking about what hope is. You know, if we're going to talk about how hope impacts faith, we need to talk about what it is. So, what I, you know, what I looked up, and I spent a lot of time in the catechism kind of going through this, is, you know, that it says that in, in Catechism 1817, that the theogi- theological, excuse me, the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life is our happiness placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. So if you if you look at that again, it's saying it's the it's the virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven. That's our hope, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we reach eternal life, uh, that that's where our happiness comes from, and it only happens by placing our trust in Christ. But here's the part where I think that most of the guys get screwed up in and we get messed up in, is this last part, in relying not on our own strength, but on the grace of the Holy Spirit. See, I think a lot of times that's where we mess up. Guys, we just rely on ourselves too much. We rely on our own strength. That's where we get into trouble. You know, if we're not placing our hope in Christ, then we're placing it in ourselves. And a lot of times that's the way we were raised. This is hard for us because we were raised that way. You know, we've talked about this a lot about our fathers. And, you know, if you're over a certain age Self-reliance. Right, the the self-reliance. Take care of what you need to take care of. Sure. Well, and you just had a lot of guys that, you know, you're older, a little bit older than I am. Mm -hmm. I'm 42. We sort of had that upbringing from our fathers as you, you know, you put your head down, work hard, don't complain, figure things out, don't ask for help, you know, uh, it almost, you know, bred into you that it's almost a sign of weakness to ask mm-hmm. for help or, or to admit that you need support from someone else. So a lot of men are raised that way. Like I can remember actually hearing sayings like, you know, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. Like how many times you heard that in your life, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> Where men say that to each other or you can't depend on anybody but yourself. I know I heard that from men in my life, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't depend on anybody but yourself and never forget that. You know, you put your hope in somebody else, you're going to be disappointed every time. The only way to make sure something gets done, do it yourself. And so a lot of men out there are kind of raised that way. And we go about our daily life in that manner. 
and just putting our head down and trying to overcome obstacles on our own and trying to just sort of control everything. And it really just builds that one man army, you know, mentality that we've talked about on here a bunch of times where I don't need anybody or anything. It builds up an overabundance, as you said, of self-reliance. And it breathes that, like, I have to do this myself, that I don't need to depend on anybody else. I can't, even no matter how heavy this weight gets, right? I'm not allowed to tap out. I'm not allowed to ask somebody else to step in and help me, right? I'm not allowed to have somebody else on the other side of that yoke that Christ talks about, right? It's a two-man yoke, but one man's got to pull it. And that's kind of how we go about life. And so we find ourselves... Um, desiring control right because when we don't trust somebody when we don't when we don't when our hope isn't in something else it's in ourselves then we're led to just that desire for control where we believe everything depends on us and we start to to desire that control in everything so what you're talking about is self-reliance obviously Mm -hmm. that's that's important for many people to know that yes there's responsibility you need to take care of and you can't you know renege on kind of like what you're supposed to be doing sure or or always say well that'll be taking care of somebody else that's not what we're saying we're saying is that is that in faith you have to know that you need assistance in your daily growth of life in spiritual as well as developing yourself as a man as a father as a husband wherever you are in your life is that it's not a one person game the whole time you're playing you know there has to be kind of that you said the help card or whatever you want to use analogy is that you have to have that assistance because, I mean, what good is one person drowning while you're watching that person drown and not go reach out and help them? And even Christ, you know, saw Peter doing everything he could in his faith, but still falling and reached up and and grabbed him and pulled him to him. And that's kind of what we are. I mean, we're, Mm -hmm. we, we seek to walk on water because our faith is there, but there's sometimes when we get like this, like we were said, our, our donor was saying is that, Sometimes it gets so so concerned in our self-reliance, guess what? We start sinking, and we panic, and then we're flaring about. Right. No, you're exactly right. And we start depending on ourselves. And when we try to, when we get in that place where we're trying to control everything, you just get you just get burnt out. Like, yeah. I mean, how many 80s TV shows did you watch, you know, like Saved by the Bell or something, where there's that episode where the kid's just trying to do everything and he won't let anybody in and they have this meltdown? And that's eventually where we get to as men, too. Right. Like where you just I remember so many shows where that was sort of the theme of an episode during some sort of run of those type shows. And it's the truth because we get to the point where we're just you almost have that interior voice telling you, no, don't ask for help. You don't need help. You'll figure it out. You'll get it on your own. Like if you if you ask for help, then you're going to lose control of all of this. And you've spent so much time like spinning all these plates that if you if you you know, let somebody try to take one, they're all going to fall, right? Like you built this, you got yourself into this, you'll get yourself out, that whole mentality. And so it, what it does is it, it leads us to this just desire for control all the time, which is, as we've talked about in here a bunch of times, mm-hmm. is a falsehood. You know, if you think you're controlling anything, hold your breath and see if right. you can like not breathe again. It's not going to happen. Or you're make not your heart stop beating. Yeah. Right. right. God's in control of that. And that's why it's so important to remember that our hope is not in ourselves. It's in Christ. You know, it's so funny uh, in, in Mark nine twenty three, and I forget exactly what Jesus was talking about, but there was a bunch of people that said, if you can do this to him. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of said, if you can, with an exclamation part, mm-hmm. everything is possible to one who has faith. 
right? Well, when we have that faith, and that's what allows us to hope, right? To hope for that help, to hope for that guidance, to hope for that support. You know, and our hope is in Christ because we can't do all this by ourselves. It's impossible to try to control everything and deal with everything that life throws us as 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 a guy at work, as a guy at home, as a father, as a guy at home, as a husband, as a friend, as everything that we're involved in our life. It's impossible for us to do on our own. And we're not meant to do it on our own. So we have to stop feeling like we have to be in charge of all things. But that's what happens when we when we put our hope in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is that you're building this self dependence and self reliance that has to be fueled by your own your your own um, your own moxie, basically. Like I'm gonna I'll do this until if it kills me, right? I mean, how many times you've heard people say that too? Yeah. Is I will try and try and try, and if it kills me, I'm gonna beat this thing, right? Well, there's some things that you're not able to beat on your own like an addiction or like a lot of other things that men have to deal with. So the other part of that is once you start to to have that desire for control and that and you're trying to basically put your arms around everything in your life, then that teaches you to put that trust in yourself, which is a misplaced trust, right? Like it's okay to know I can do this and be confident in knowing I can do something. But to trust in yourself as the answer to your problems or the answer to to everyone else in your family's problems is not a good place to be. You know, once we start to do that, where our trust falls solely on ourselves, everything starts to go downhill quickly. You know, and we begin to honestly sin against hope. You know, and a lot of people may say, well, like, what does that mean? You know, it's possible, like they say, there's sins against the Holy Spirit. There's sins against God. There's sins against, well, there, there's a sin against the virtue of hope, too. Um, and, and those are broken down in a couple different ways. You know, we either begin to despair or to presume based on 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 this when we go to that part. Mm-hmm. Those are the two sins against hope. And basically, despair is when we cease to hope, you know, for our uh, personal salvation from God, for help in attaining it or for the forgiveness of our sins. Basically, we just give up hope, right? Like we stop thinking, there's no possible way for me to be saved or to, to, or to have an opportunity to, to experience God's grace or anything like yeah. that. You get to the point where you're so worn down because you put all of this on yourself, right? You've got to figure it out. You've got to get it done. You don't deserve anybody's help. It's weak or less manly of you to ask for help. Now all of a sudden you've worked your way into despair because you think with that same mentality, I've still got to be this person that my father or or whoever, other men in my life have told me I have to be. And because I know now I'm starting to see I can't do this, then I'm starting to despair. I have no hope, right? And because I've not relied on God, maybe even he's turned away from me right now. Those are the places we go in despair when we try to hope and, and rely too much on ourselves. So the other side of that is also presumption, right? That we presume that this is the other side of this. So you have despair, and then on the other end, you have basically the overabundance of hope to where we think, well, heck, this is all on me, right? Like, this is all my salvation, my family's well-being. Getting to heaven is all on my merits, and, and the hope is in me. And we presume that that uh, we can save ourselves and that we don't need God or anybody else. And it's not true, and it's a dangerous place to be in. So that's, men, like, if you're listening out there and this is something you're struggling with, this is how hope impacts our faith. If we have a lack of it, we're going to wind up in a very dangerous place. If we have an overabundance of it, then you're going to wind up in a place where you're you're not um, that you're presuming a lot more of yourself and of God's mercy, and that a lot of times that that takes us away out of the works and the other things that we need to do to achieve heaven. You know, at, at some point, but that's that's where we wind up, and that's why hope impacts his faith because you've got to have that faith that you're feeding all the time so that you can still kindle that hope, that hope that you find in Christ to be with him forever and that you have an opportunity to do that. But you've got to rely on Christ for that. 
Christ is the Savior of the world, not you. And a lot of times as men in ministry and other things, we work ourselves into that place of where we think, even if we don't think that, but we're acting like in our action show, and we're depending on ourselves as if we are the Savior. But there's already been one of those. Mm-hmm. Well, both those words are, are kind of what you said, the presumption to despair. I mean, they're both dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think perception is where a lot of us probably get caught into because you're like, well, God will forgive me. Jesus will forgive me for what I'm doing. But guess what? They don't ask for forgiveness. Sure. We don't ask for forgiveness when we say that statement. We're like, well, I'll be forgiven. It's okay. I mean, I can, sure. you know, it's, you know, this ain't, this ain't a really big deal to him. But see, the thing is, when you say those words, then guess what happens? You build that, that circle of what is further out to mm-hmm. where you can go further out and do more things thinking, well, if he, if that was a little thing, I, he'd probably forgive me for that. Then he'll forgive this as well because he's a loving God. Sure. He loves everybody. and But see, the thing is, the presumption brings to you thinking that you don't need to be intimate with God. Sure. You don't need to spend time with Him. Like, you're just like an electron floating around, and, and you're cool, and, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like the guy wearing flip-flops, you know, and, and, and the snowstorm. Right. You know, like, oh, I'm not going to get frostbite. Well, and you're only living yeah. in the present moment, right? right? Like, you're not thinking about what's going to happen and the impact of how you're living your life, how it's going to impact you later. You know, there'll always be time, right? Mm-hmm. I presume that there'll always be time for me to, to change my life, to fix my life, to, you know, I'll have a deathbed confession or something like right. that to get things right. And we don't always have that. It That's why we have out. to put that. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. In Christ, and St. Francis de Sales, uh, of Sales even says this. Um, he says, diffidence in ourselves and confidence in God, which, by the way, diffidence is like insecurity. So basically, insecurity in ourselves and confidence in God are like the scales of a balance. The elevation of the one is necessarily connected with the depression of the other. The more that we have of insecurity in ourselves, the greater is our confidence in God. The less we possess of confidence in God, the more presumptuous shall we be of our own powers. But if we have no sort of confidence in our own strength, we may be assured that our hopes center completely on God. Mm. So here's the thing. The more that we can stop relying on ourselves, the more that we can surrender, the more control we can give up, the more we can trust in God, the better off we are. Because we're basically saying, we're falling on our knees before the Lord and saying, right. I, I can't control anything, right? Like, you are God, I am not. And I'm okay with that. And the freedom that comes with that is amazing. Most guys are afraid to do it because it's tied to surrender. And we've talked about that a bunch of times too, just how scary that is for guys to even utter words like surrender or I give up or anything like that because of the same sort of, um, you know, countenance that comes with it, right? Like I'm less manly, I'm weak, I'm, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not good enough, those kind of things. But that's not the case. Like when you have that humility to fall on your knees and say, God, like my only hope is in you, you know, my only hope to be a good father is in you. My only hope to be a good employee is in you. My only good hope to be a good husband is in you. My only hope to be with you forever in heaven relies in you. And that's the place we always have to be in that humility. You know, Jesus was a humble man. The whole time he was on earth, everything he did was talking about meekness and humility and love. And those are the things that we have to have as a man. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves always trying to depend on ourselves. And we're never going to be able to achieve or live the life that Christ has called us to. So... You know, you've got that quote there from St. Francis, which is a very profound thing. Like, it's something that when I saw it, I just was like, man, <laughs> that fits right into this mm-hmm. with this presumption and despair because it's talking about how they counterbalance each other and you don't need to have too much or too little of each. But if you are going to sway to one side, it always needs to be on the side where I am not I am not worthy. I am not good enough. I am not um, deserving, right? Lord, I am nothing without you. My hope lies in you. And that's why... When, when Christ came to this earth, I mean, the symbol of the, of the crucifix is a symbol of hope. Mm. 
right? It's a symbol of his everlasting love for us and the opportunity we now have to be with him forever, not because of our own merits, not because of anything we did or we will ever do, but because of what he has done for us. And so as men, we have to get our head away from this idea that I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to pave my own way because everything we do, whether it's this podcast or your job or whatever it is, has to come and start from an end with God as the hope for everything. And if you're not in that place, you got to start trying to figure out how to get there. And so I want to talk about some of that. You know, part of what he asked was, how does hope impact our faith? And I would say, here's, here's a quote from Catechism 1818. This, the virtue of hope responds to the aspiration to happiness, which God has placed in the heart of every man. It takes up the hope that inspires men's activities and purifies them so as to order them to the kingdom of heaven. It keeps man from discouragement. It sustains him during times of abandonment, and it opens up his heart in expectation of eternal beatitude. Buoyed up by hope, he is preserved from selfishness and led to the happiness that flows from charity. So there's your answer. How does how does hope impact my faith? Well, it's there's so many ways. I mean, it's Isaiah from Isaiah right here is a quote that goes along with it. Isaiah 40, 31. They that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on eagles' wings. They will run and not grow weary. This is, the, this is what this is talking about, is this hope that you have in God feeds everything else, your ability to do all of these things that you can't do on your own, right? It's that grace that pours out from him because you're hoping in him, you're trusting in him, you're surrendering to him. And when you do that, the blessings start to flow in your life, the abilities that you never thought you'd have, the gifts that you had no idea you had start to manifest and show themselves because it's a it's a glorious and grace-filled reward for that hope being placed in Christ, not in yourself. Hope is a powerful word used by many people, like mm-hmm. on campaigns and everything else we know, right? Sure. Because it's a, it's a word everyone can identify with. But the essence of hope is directly related to God. Sure. Directly related is love and His grace, His mercy, and and hope is a huge personality trait of God. I mean, because really, what other religion really has a sense of grace and hope instilled in it? Sure. Not many. I mean, right. a really few. Uh, really, Christianity is the only one I can know, other than the Judo Christiano connection. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that. There's always hope, there's always love, there's always grace, there's always mercy, but we have to ask for it. Sure. We have to seek that, that the, the, the sense of our hearts internally where, where Christ dwells within us and say, I am not who I right. should be. I am not who I ought to be. Help me be who I am right. in you. And that's that surrender of everything. Right. That's why you see so many stories like my own and countless others that have hit rock bottom and then they their lives are changed because they allow that at that point they've given everything right like i i'm at my wits end i don't know how to do anything else i've failed and my only hope is in you and when those words are uttered christ comes flying into your oh, life yeah. because you've opened the door you've broken the last chain around your heart and he rips it open and he goes in there and he starts building a home in your heart and he mm-hmm. starts to take you i mean he starts to live through you and those graces and the love of christ man it changes your life it does yeah. it's all based on that hope so you know as we heard in that catechism quote like here's the things i would say like why we need hope it keeps us from discouragement you know our faith is placed in something else something else besides ourselves oftentimes when we place our hope in ourselves and we fail 
over time, the more we fail, the more depressed we get, the more convinced that we're not good enough, the more we start to be open to the to tricks and the lies of the devil, right? Because we start to be a self-defeatist, right? We start to point out our own inf- uh, inefficiencies and our, our, our lack of abilities or skills or whatever it is, and we beat ourselves up. So when we have that hope in something else, then it keeps us from that discouragement in ourselves. And it, we're not putting all that weight on us. It sustains us. When all else fa- fails, when everything else seems lost, we have Christ, right? There's always someone else to go to. When the buck doesn't stop with you, there's always someone else to go to who loves you and wants the best for you. And so it sustains you. It also allows you to pursue God. That's This great hope places within us a longing to know God. It feeds our faith, right? Like it just... When we have that great hope, our faith is almost unshakable. No, anything can happen in your life. You can lose somebody, you can get sick, anything. But you, you won't turn your back on God because of that great hope that you know he, he is in your life. And it builds your faith. The last thing I'll say is it keeps us from selfishness and self-reliance. It allows us happiness, right? That's what we're all looking for. Our peace and our joy comes not from within ourselves, but from with our surrender to that hope in Christ. So you're not trying to manufacture your own joy and your own happiness. Christ comes into your life, and it's like a virtual, just like I don't know, like rekindling. Well, it's long lasting of, of it's joy, not, right? Yeah, it's not temporary, right? Yeah. And it's not coming from any achievement or some fleeting thing here on this earth, but from where it's supposed to come from—that charity, that love of God, and the hope that comes from knowing Jesus Christ, from having that personal relationship with Him. And when we can depend on that. Think how much easier our life gets when we're not sitting here trying to depend on ourselves, weigh ourselves down, but we're depending on the one who wants to shoulder our burdens, who wants to be that great hope for us. That's why he came down here. He didn't come down here just to do it. He came down here so that we could be reconciled with his father and that we each would have hope, just like with confession. We know every time we walk in there, there's a hope now that we're renewed and that we have an opportunity to grow closer to Christ and to continue again and again and again to have that hope, right? That's the reason for our hope, Mm -hmm. as our friend Father Larry Richards would say, is Jesus Christ. So men, if you're struggling with this out there, stop relying on yourself. Hope has one place it needs to be, and that's in Jesus Christ alone and in God. Um, If we're putting hope on anything on this world or anything else, you're selling yourself short, and you're setting yourself up for disappointment and for heartache and, and loss in a lot of ways. It's okay to be confident in who you are and the things and the gifts that God's given you and the, the things you can do, but never, ever place your hope in those things. They always need to be placed in the person that delivered that gift to you and who knows you better than anybody. So as we come to the close of the show here, guys, thanks again for tuning in. You can sign up to be a patron. I hope you'll do it. we got lots of cool stuff out there we'd love to send you. You can do that at justaguyinthepew.com. Also, if you have a topic you want heard, that's what it's a perk of being a patron, right? These guys get to send in stuff and we get to talk about it. So just consider doing that and we'll talk to you next week. So as we close out, I want to say, for I know well the plans I have in mind for you, the plans for your welfare and not for woe, so as to give you a future of hope. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. Our hope is from God and in God alone. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, where we place our hope has such an impact on our faith. As men, the world has tried to teach us to place that hope in ourselves and become self-reliant. Help us to remember that as hard as we may try to be, we are nothing without you. And Father, whenever we feel that urge to take the reins and strive for control, remind us that you alone are the reason for our hope. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. 
or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. <laughs>